he will decide. It bibs live in the flesh. Rule uncut. And it's your girl, Knife Fizzle. Fizzle, if you're nasty, how hey. are we? How is everyone? How are you, birthday girl? Oh my gosh, I haven't forgot. Actually, 23, 23, 23, 23, 23. Literally, I completely forgot that it was my birthday. How, ah. how do you feel? Um, I feel good. I feel fine. I feel like I'm very much the same. Do you know what it is? I knew I you were like, going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> no, do you know why? I feel like prior to turning 23, I was very yeah. much like in touch with myself. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like now that I am 23, it's just more of a now that I'm 23, I'm really not doing this, what I was doing when I was 22 type mm. thing. So, I just feel like I'm just a lot more. Do you know what? I think it's worse for everyone because now I really don't have your time, if that makes sense. Uh. Like, now that I'm 23, I'm really, I don't have the energy, I don't have the time to be doing things that I did last year type of thing. Like, I'm not doing that. Give us an example. What do you mean? So I just feel like I'm not really like tolerating bullshit like as much as I used to. Like I don't really care. Do you feel like you used to tolerate bullshit though? Because I don't think you did. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I feel like I tolerate a lot of bullshit. Yeah, I do. I feel like for me especially, like I'm always peacemaker. I'm very much like, let's all get together like let's let's figure things out like that's how I've been very much mm. and I'm just I don't care like wow. if it's not if it's not to do with like the only thing I care about is me and God like period amen so if it if if you're giving me a headache whereas before I was very much like you know what let's on site try, yeah like not even on site let's try sort this out which I feel like I've been for time I don't have the energy like if you if we if we're gonna talk we'll talk if we're not we're not but I'm not I'm not I'm not going out of my way for any type of thing I feel like when I was 22 I did that a lot like I would go out of my way mm-hmm. to solve situations I don't yeah. care we're all grown we can all talk we all have phones I don't care like it's not it's just not for me anymore. I just don't care sort yourself out kind of thing literally like I'm I'm tired of, I'm not making excuses for people anymore like oh you know mm-hmm. how that how that person no 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 <laughs> no I completely hear that because I think that was that was and kind of is still me like 100%. I think one of my biggest thing is I didn't yeah <laughs> Sorry, my thing is that I had literally like no tolerance no patience for anything I still don't to be fair I but I think one thing that I'm learning to do is be a lot more patient because there's a lot of beauty in being patient do you know 100%. what I mean 100%. like I think when she's doing a 360, like I used to be that person that I did not have the time. If you're if your point of view was so detrimental to my well being, I'm not. I haven't got time to explain it to you. Like I don't. I yeah, don't. I'm not, that's that's what the though. podcast is for. That's what this 100%. is for. Hundred percent. Do you know what it is? It's not even for me. It's not even that. Like I don't have time to explain my view. I don't have patience because that is definitely something that I do have and I am working on. But at the same mm. time, like, I'm not going to be making excuses for people. Like, it's not yeah. for me to now be searching to help you figure out what you need to be doing. Like, you should just yeah. know that. I feel like we're at an age now where we should all want the best for ourselves as individuals. Amen. And it's not for me to, like, be pressuring you or trying to help you get there. Because no one's helping me. 
So Amen. realistically, I just don't have that. That's why I mean, like, I don't have that time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll still be no, patient towards people, but I'm not really trying to, like, do all of that type of thing. No, I hear you. This I hear you completely. This is long. Like, we're, we're grown now, you know? New things. We're adulting. Like, yeah, like, I feel like as we grow and, like, you know, get a bit older, like, things should be changing. Like, we're adults, you know? This is adulting. Like, I'm not trying yeah. to do the same thing. We'll have the same arguments. We'll have the same problems. We'll do things the same way I did two years ago. Like, we should have grown. Sorry. Like, we should we should know better. Like, I'm not doing that. So, yeah, why not? No, I hear you. I hear you. I feel like as black women, we're always like adapting and changing. And one thing that I think I've had to learn was to not, was just to let go. Do you know what I mean? It's not every day that I need to explain my point of view. Like some people just aren't going to get it. Some Where people just aren't going to get it. Feel like you've done that, like example. Do you know what? I feel like of recent with the whole, obviously the BLM movement, I didn't really want to go into that too much, but I think of recent with the whole BLM movement, I've seen a lot of performative activism mm-hmm. on social media. And the reason why I quote performative is because a lot of the people that are screaming black lives that are screaming Black Lives Matter now were not didn't have the same it wasn't a lifestyle choice. Do you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. I feel like Do you as know what? Black to people, even link that to girl chat. Even to link that to girl chat. Not trying to call shots for anyone. This isn't an attack. Yeah. But even my own friends, I'm sorry, excluding Naya, no one else is woke. None of you guys. Not if you if we want to be using the woke term, like obviously yeah. I don't even use that. But in terms of like, that's even where I was coming from in the sense when I was what from what I was talking about because it's like mm-hmm. I don't have the energy to even get into discussions with people about things like that. And yeah. Because yeah. when when we were screaming silence, literally I'm screaming because we were shouting gonna, on this podcast. <laughs> it was like I can't I'm not even gonna be hypocritical with my own friends. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Because my own mm. friends and I didn't help hold it against them, they weren't giving me the same energy. So now that everyone is trying yeah. to give them a certain energy, I, I I just do you know what it is? I'm just keeping the energy the same for everyone. <laughs> literally. <laughs> everyone because it's just it's just not it oh yeah and especially just as a black woman like as a black woman I feel like so many times we have just been told like you're angry you're loud I just can't have those I just don't even want that on me anymore yeah (laughs) from my own I'm tired dead ass no, I hear you. Like I remember, like I said, like the reason why I feel like it's performative is because I think we have been we have ingrained Black Lives Matter into our lives into our lives. Do you know what I mean? Like we, I well for myself, I know that my main focus and my goal is to uplift Black women, especially darker skinned Black women, and that's what I try to do. And I think that my podcast does do in a in a in a way because 100%. end of the day, we're the least we are the least represented. We are the least protected. So for me, it's that that is the only people that I care about, literally and figuratively. Yeah. The only people that I care about are black women. So the reason why I say like I thought like the stupid and and, and, and 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 black trans women because I know I don't oh want and black trans women I don't want anyone no, no, to try no. twist your words. No, one hundred percent black trans women. I put them into the same category. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, but obviously I'm not a trans. Well, I'm not trans myself. So no, it's like I just I know what you mean. You know what I'm trying to say. Everyone <laughs> know what she means. 
<laughs> Y'all know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So um, I feel like that's why I say that the, the whole movement is a little bit performative because if black lives truly mattered, there is a lot of things that even as black people, you need to do to understand why the black community is so fragile and it's so broken. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. for example, like when it comes to black women, you need to actually understand why we are the least protective, protected in society. Why is it that more black women die when they go into the labor world? Why is it that um, black women are more likely to die from domestic violence when they're with other black partners? Do you know what I mean? Like we yeah. need to sort of look at ourselves. And I remember the other day I was having a conversation with one of my friends and, um, like two of my friends are in my house we'll have a conversation about like black women and sort of growing up as a black woman and how it was really difficult and how black men were some of the reasons as to why we felt uncomfortable I, a black man was in this room and he was like but not all but not all but not all and for me it's like you already know what my face is just like it's it's so frustrating that I still like I couldn't I at that point I just stopped the conversation I just completely zoned out because I can't be bothered to be gaslit I can't be bothered like if I'm talking wait one second if I'm talking about black women I'm not talking about the issues with black women and black men if you feel personally attacked by it that is your own personal problem <laughs> take mm. it to the altar and take it to jesus because <laughs> that is altar. your that is literally your own personal problem like why is it whenever black women speak about issues being pertaining black women and black men being the perpetrator of these issues black men always feel so triggered the issue here isn't for you to feel triggered it's you to listen and then take mm. it upon yourself to like educate yourself and, and then educate 100. other black men because end of the 100. day we are literally the least protected Yet you are the ones at the forefront of all these BLM movements. That's why I say the whole movement is very performative because if people are actually doing the work to actually unlearn um, what the issues are within the black community, you would see it as, do you know what? It's true. Black women, they need our help. They need our support. You know what I'm trying to say? And also, one thing I want to add is a couple of podcasts ago, we did a podcast about the Slumflower. And you all know how I feel about Sunflower. I'm an advocate for her. I understand, I understand her feminism. I may not agree with what she does, but I understand her feminism. Yeah, and me, with this movement, if it was so true, if Black Lives truly did matter, then there Ooh. should be a whole bunch of people apologizing to the Sunflower right now. 110%. Because that means Black thoughts matter. You're right. Black voice right. matters. It doesn't matter 100%. how it is. It doesn't matter who's saying it. And it doesn't matter if it personally offends you. It matters. And you should like, hold it. And, and you should listen. Do you know what I mean? So I just feel as if, like I go back to my original point, this movement is low-key performative because black people themselves, we need to check ourselves off. I need to check some of my things as well because the same way the white, when it comes to white people and racism, their views on race has been made in, made in white supremacy. Our views on our blackness has been made in anti-blackness. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, no, do you know what? I literally agree with everything that you're saying. And it's so frustrating for me because I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm perfect. There's a lot of things that I've had yeah. to learn, especially through like our podcasts and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, you yeah, hundred percent. We can see how you, you can see <laughs> our learning. Like, you know what I mean? You can so see the growth. For me, for me, for me, as someone who I'm a very logical person, so mm. like I un- not like I understand, but like I can I I see where when people, especially black men ask questions for not even ask questions deny the lived experience of black women like 100%. I see that they're coming from a 
but I'm not like that. And they're refusing yes. to acknowledge what is actually happening in the world. And that's exactly what, that's what it's about. It's like, fair enough, you may not be like that. But that's not what we're talking about right now. And we're not talking about the exceptions to the rule. Yeah, we're not talking about the exceptions to the rule. And regardless of whether, and this is what I put on my Instagram story as well, regardless of whether you're not like that, your friend is like that, your uncle's like that, and your dad's like yeah. that. I'm sorry. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There are people around you that 120% could be talked to you and need to be talked to you, and you know that. Need because to be checked. Black, black women, this isn't coming from anywhere. It's not that every conversation we have, but I'm not like that. But if you weren't like that, we wouldn't be having these conversations. So clearly, clearly, <laughs> clearly something's going on here. You know what I mean? Something's going on that needs to be acknowledged. There's an issue right here. Like, literally and figuratively. I think think that's gone. That's the thing. People, do you know what it is? I think individuals, especially black men, they're so defensive and they're so quick to just assume it's not me, it's not me, that they're just not listening. And it's so counterproductive. And it's so counterproductive. As Naya said, you're literally just gaslighting black women. And because a lot of black men, in my opinion, don't speak up about these things. They don't understand that they're actually gaslight- gaslighting black women and it's yeah. so counterproductive. But they come like- with the idea of, I, but I love black women. All my exes have been for that. <gasps> like, oh, I only date black women. So... <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if you date black women. I don't care if my mother, mother is, is black. black. I don't it's care. It's literally the same as when white people go, I can't be racist. I have it's a black neighbor. The same. <laughs> it's literally the same, same as white thing. people do. It's the same thing. Like, the same you thing. can... Supporting black women is not about oh your black mum or my wife. No, it's about being an, like actually actively speaking out when things are wrong, actively protecting, 100%. defending, being uh, being on the forefront. The same way that black women are on the forefront for you. Yeah. Oh. The same Don't way. Don't even get me started on this one. Well, yeah, we're not even, even just talking recently this. about how like things are so silent for Belly Majinga. And you know, for Brianna Taylor, Brianna Taylor. And for trans women, like Brianna Taylor, justice has still not been served. Still not, not been served. Been and we were literally saying as well before that it shouldn't take from like in our group chat, it shouldn't take a video for a black woman to be heard. Like it shouldn't take seeing a black woman in crisis or in need for people to acknowledge and to hear the voice of the black woman. Like you guys should just listen like just listen like we're not loud we're not angry we're not mad like we're not jealous either like these are narratives that, that black men the especially one? not, what's not the what's jealous insecure one? insecure as well insecure. Oh, the jealous one really gets to my black soul. men love telling black women this as well and you guys don't understand how especially when you're talking about colorism oh the worst <laughs> the worst <laughs> it's like you don't even understand how you saying that I must be jealous is even perpetuating colorism even further because you must believe that I must not like the fact that I'm dark-skinned to yeah. say what I'm saying that's what it must, that's where it must come from I must hate the fact that I'm dark-skinned that's why I'm saying what I'm saying like you don't even understand how that view in itself is fueled with anti-blackness and even and when you start to have these conversations and start to sort of unpick these things they start to get even more triggered I start to get even more irritated. Like, it's okay to say that you're a colorist. Like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> no, you're a colorist, and it's fine. Okay, we can do this. <laughs> do you know what it is? 
it's really frustrating because I feel like for me, as a black woman, a lot of my annoyance comes from black people. Like black people yeah just irritate me a lot sometimes <laughs> and I'm like I'm sorry guys but it's because I find most of the time I have to actually defend myself to black people to black like, men minus the black yeah, men in particular sorry, black men black men but I feel like there is a minority of black women that I have to defend yeah like, oh my god the black women the tap dancing coonery I cannot <laughs> like there's so many there's a lot of black women and I have black friends as well that are oh, yeah. in a lot of denial I'm really sorry. 100%. Like, a lot of my black female friends are in denial of racism. 100%. Or, or, and, 100%. And colorism. And colorism. A lot of them are in denial of colorism because I feel like if they really understood colorism, they would not be defending mixed race people identifying as black personally. And they would understand that it is so counterproductive. They would understand that just because you are black, dark skin, brown skin, whatever skin color you want to call yourself, and you have money, does not mean that you're above racism. I just want to put this out there. Okay? Oh. Put this out here. Just because you you're just a nigga with a Bentley, spaces, okay? Just because you are in these white spaces, that isn't because of... You need to understand that you there was a certain privilege that you had, i.e. wealth, that got you into that space. Because a lot of the black people, a lot of black women that I know that are in denial, it's because they have money. That they, they can't relate to these things because... Yeah, but these things are still happening. Things are still happening. Okay, are still happening. Like, stop, stop tap dancing for these people. Oh, I'm just seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in the workplace, we see it oh, though. We girl. see it in the workplace. We see it. No, in, in the workplace, school. it's the worst. You it's the worst. World. You see it in school. Like, even when you guys had your video, like, um, on YouTube, you and Bella talking about the experiences, like, of black women. Um, in retail and obviously in school and stuff there's always that one person there's always, always that one black person that always. just feeds in to, like oh. I wants to conform so bad so, so bad, bad. And so there, like, bad. And like this can you not Please. see what's going on here <laughs> 100% 100% but um, one thing that we did want to talk about on this episode today was the narratives of the black women and narratives of black women that we are constantly bombarded by. And one thing I wanted to talk about was the narrative of black women being strong. <sighs> okay. We're all so strong. Okay, let's get into it. Women, women are strong. I don't want to take that, take that away. Oh no, we are. We but, are. But I also but, want to be soft and delicate too. Yeah. Okay. Like... <laughs> Like, like I, I remember when I was on the shade room. The shade room must have been a, like must have made a post like, oh, um, drop some of your favorite narratives of like black women. Da, 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 like comment some of your favorite things about black. What you love about black women? And as I was scrolling through like the comments, all I was seeing is black women are so strong. Black women are this. Black women are so beautiful. I saw one that was really nice though. It was like your hair grows towards the sun. Which I just oh. thought was like that is such a beautiful thing to say. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? I'm gonna tell my kids that your hair grows. Done. Like, I have goosebumps. But um, no, honestly, yeah. But the constant narrative was that women are strong, and for you myself, like, yeah. So I was gonna say a lot of these narratives that are like, especially the strong one, 
I feel like it's not even a compliment anymore. It's not like, a compliment. Do you like we? You'll be able to explain what why I say that more. Yeah, it's anymore. not a compliment because of the because of the implications of that have are Next so detrimental. Step. For example, like we had an episode talking about medical racism, and one thing is when you have when you keep this idea of black women being strong, it basically means that when when you're in positions where you are like weak or you're sick or you're unwell and you support. It, you're, you're not looked at as a as someone that's ill or sick or weak because of you're supposed to be strong. And what, what I know about black women is that you're indestructible almost. Exactly. And actually, and this comes from. Oh, go on. I'm gonna add. Sorry. And so just to add to that, it makes it seem that black women can't be victims. Like, yes. and we're unable to feel a sense of compassion, or we're able to. We're almost like not able to have emotions. So that when we yeah. do have emotions, and when we do, you know, voice our frustrations, and you know, we're saying like we're not okay. It's we're 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 not heard, basically. Hundred percent. It's almost like that's not possible. You're you're meant to be strong, so that 100%. can't be right. Do you get what I mean? Just another exactly. way to understand it. So maybe when you think like when you're even non-black people, like the compliment, oh you're so strong, like refrain from saying that because it it feeds into that. Like it could be harmless. In yeah. Your life. You need to think about how that. I think people need to think about how their words can impact on a larger scale. 100%, 110%. And also, like, I want to, basically, this idea of black women being strong actually stems from slavery. Because that, back in the day, um, black women were used as... And dark-skinned women. Dark-skinned black women. Let me even be... Yeah. Dark-skinned black no, women were used no. for, like, surgery. Where, when they would not put any anesthesia. Their wombs would be... Um, what's it called? They would use their wombs for different... Um, we were experimenting. Experiment. Yeah, we were experimenting. We were used for experiments because we were seen to be so strong. Yeah. Exactly. And also when it came to things like slavery and working on the fields, we'll be working yeah. on the fields with other dark skinned men. You literally. know. So we were we were literally put men. on the same this no, the field nigger, another house nigger. Okay. <laughs> and light skinned women were in the house and what the same think about what these women were doing like these dark-skinned women were with men on the field on the field so they were masculinized yeah they were already masculinized so the idea of being strong adds to the masculinization of black women and also when it comes to the idea of black women being strong as well and one thing that i did um notice did you watch the jeffrey epstein documentary of course oh exactly what you're gonna say go for it yeah right so in this documentary, it was all the victims, which is all the victims were Caucasian. Obviously, I feel I feel a tremendous amount of doubt, sadness for them because of what they went through was sad, was terrible. But not to cut you off, yeah. If you haven't watched the Jeffrey Epstein thing, I think you should just mention. We should just mention that it was they were victims of sexual assault. Okay, yeah. Let me even let me give some backstory. Let me give backstory. So basically, on Netflix, there's a documentary called Filthy Rich. And Jeffrey Epstein was this ridiculously wealthy man. He owned an island in the in the Caribbean. He owned a house in the Palm Beach, house in London, house in New York. Like he was stupidly rich. Um, he was friends with all the like the top one percent, so Donald Trump, Les Wexler, or yeah, Les Wexley, um, Bill Clinton. Like he was that guy. And as he was in this position, he basically had a pyramid sex trafficking scheme where he would traffic girls to his different um, houses to either entertain guests or to entertain himself. And one of his guests actually was Prince Andrew. Yes, I've said it, Prince Andrew, okay? Yeah. So, um, 
right. So with this, all his victims, they were all all had a similar sort of backstory. They were all kind of poor. Um, they needed money, and they were like groomed by him. They were all, and they were all Caucasian as well. Mm-hmm. So that being said, the response to this documentary was very much oh, like, this is so sad. Like, there was a whole Me Too movement where, you know, girls are speaking up about this kind of issue. And I just thought it was very interesting how the girls in the documentary were automatically given a whole plethora of sympathy. But Mm -hmm. when it came to the R. Kelly documentary, which we actually have a podcast on as well, Mm -hmm. um, basically, R. Kelly, he is a rapper, a singer, and he was basically raping... And tra- he was raping young 15, 16 year old girls, underage girls underage. in his house. Underage girls. Same situation, I've, realistically, other than it was yeah. a different scene, if you want to put it, because obviously R. Kelly's in the music scene, but it's a very similar yeah. situation. These girls are still victims, but. Yeah. Naya. Yeah, so the girls are but all victims. So I just found it interesting that when the R. Kelly documentary came out, there was a lot of questioning and 100%. a lot of um, disbelief. And also a lot of them, um, they should have known better. Why 100%. Why did their parents allow that to happen? 100%. Why did this happen? There was a lot of questioning of the victims and they weren't actually given the same respect and victimization that the victims of Jeffrey Epstein received. Now, I am basically saying that because of the argument of black women being strong, they can never be viewed as a victim. They can never be viewed as someone that, yeah. that was groomed. They can never be viewed in that light because they're always meant to be these strong black women that stand up for the race, these race yeah. warriors. Like That's what we're always painted as. So yeah. the reason why we say narratives like the strong black women are actually problematic because it doesn't give space for black women to be weak or to be looked yeah. at as a victim and to be given the, the support that they actually need. Like, I found it so triggering that I went on social media and I was seeing grown men, and it was mainly men and women, to be fair. I can't even call no, it that, it was women too, that, was, that were questioning these young girls. I was like, they're 14, 15. You're seeing a celebrity that you love and admire. He's giving you attention. Well, are you not going to lose your mind? It's you grooming. It is grooming. Literally. And I feel like when we had and the it podcast, adds. we even, like... And we even said in the podcast, like, we understood where the victim's mindset and their perspectives, because they're young, they want to get into they're the young, impressionable. Industry. You know, it's, it's very, it's, what Naya said is very interesting. And I think it leads on to another, you know, narrative of like the adultification of children, and especially 100%. young black children. Like we see, 100%. especially with the protest, we see young black children marching, like, let these kids be kids. From a very Why young am I age, seeing George Floyd's six-year-old daughter taking pictures of her with a top, putting up her fists up? Let this girl play in the sandbox. Literally. Let this girl grieve her dad. Literally. Literally. And young black children, and this is where it stands from, young black children as well, they're seen as adults, they're seen as strong. Like, man, this is a child. Like, let children be children. And it stems, as Naya says, from a, a long, long, long history of, you know, being oppressed literally like especially and a narrative which black people especially black men are unable to see and recognize and I feel like it's mm-hmm. really such a lack of education because people are seeing young women on you know social media protesting and they're retweeting it they're not seeing problems with it they're not seeing that they're not seeing an issue with it. needs to be a child literally and it's so detrimental because that child is going to grow up well, I hope not, but like that has the potential to grow up and 
then be seen as seen by society as this strong black woman so when mm-hmm, situations mm-hmm. happen they're not going to be taken seriously their voice isn't going to be heard they're going to like all these labels are going to are going to be put on them and it's from such yeah. a young age how is it that yeah. a black woman can say you know this happened to me I was assaulted and that it's not viewed the same as for example even the, the, the a white child like that 100% and so when you have black men then tell you but I'm not like that it's like no like you are because you're you refusing are. to even see you're refusing the issue to here in situations like that like so yeah. when you give an example it's like fair enough you might not be you know assaulting anyone but from your actions and from the way that you move you're contributing to something that's even bigger 110 percent 100 you have to be doing things to be counterproductive same way we said like you don't have to be calling someone a nigger to be racist do you know what i mean it's the same thing with you're all you're very it's about understanding and i feel like do you know what in fact how can black men listening to this educate themselves i also like go to read the book um Feminist, who's also a feminist thought? Black feminist thought, Patricia Hill Collins. But that yeah. book is very, very academic. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm so not if you're not, you, they need it. They need it. Okay, okay, they girl. Do you know why I say this? Because we can't keep 23. We can't keep trying to dilute the problem. And I feel mm-hmm. like that is what happens as well with this movement. Not to so much talk about the movement, but like black men need to understand and I feel like the only way to understand is to read these books that literally tell it how it is if you don't understand yeah. the same way my mom said if there's something in the book you don't understand you need to do further reading then but that's what you yeah. need to be reading I'm sorry I'm sorry yeah because that book really just breaks down every single problematic narrative that is attached to black women from the porn that's industry to, to porn industry. mammies Mammies, the porn industry and black women mammies black women we're not your mom isabel said <laughs> that as well it's even associated with like isabel said it like when we were talking about the episode on like fat shaming being fat on social media like especially like fat um black women just being associated with this mum role like where's this coming from please where's this coming from well we know where it's come from it's come from oh, yeah, media, like the media as well whenever you watch yeah TV, like kind of thing like yeah like, like aunt jemima's <gasps> all these things why are people surprised that aunt jemima's is blackface why are people surprised that aunt jemima's is racist like, and uncle ben have we there's imagery i like what was it gollywog like even like oh, this yeah yeah gollywogs i think yeah it was gollywog like the dolls that obviously the racist dolls if you haven't seen them oh yeah yeah, yeah. look into them but like the way that a lot of the black people were even so obviously when i'm saying it's all wrong when they started obviously doing like media film television guys look at how they treat black people <laughs> exactly <laughs> look at that that shows you type in gollywogs right now Listen, type in gollywogs type in like look at early film adverts look at early commercials the way that black people were initially represented was disgusting and this narrative is still seen today, but we're just viewed in different lights. So, for example, when we're talking about black women, how dark-skinned black women, what roles they're usually in, you know, what films black people are tend to be in, the films that are for us. We've spoken about this so many times. Like, 
this mm. all fuels a certain narrative, like how dark-skinned black women are always a sidekick and has been. Like they weren't in. Do you know what I mean? Like you guys. But these are things that I think are so obvious, but then they're not at the same time. Because they're so subtly done. Yeah. And because you're so used to seeing it, it's not seen as an issue. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure people will think, like, Uncle Ben's. Like, I actually like Uncle Ben's rice. Like, you probably didn't realise that Uncle Ben, the symbolism of him, is very problematic and actually feeds into racist ideology. Aunt Jemima, if you type in Goldilocks into Google, you'll see people also search for Aunt Jemima underneath. Like, she's right there. You know what I mean? So like, it's not even like it. They're trying to hide it. <laughs> they don't even hide it. And so it's more of a thing where you have to. That's why I always say it's about whether people care enough. Because for me, once you know, fair enough, maybe you didn't know, but once you know, it's about okay, you know now. What are you gonna do? Yeah, you know what I mean. And I'm not gonna sit here and act like I'm only gonna support black-owned businesses because the world that we live in doesn't facilitate that. I'm it doesn't like my phone white people my laptop white people the app we're probably using here white like everything do you know what I mean but what I am going to do is I am going to make sure that I don't feed into these narratives these negative yeah. narratives of black women I'm going to make sure that I am helping and supporting black women and black yeah. organizations and black businesses and not just on a one-time thing I'm not going to just spend 50 pounds and that's it do you know what I mean? That's the actual active lifestyle changes, like you know what I mean. Actual tangible things that you're going to do in your everyday day to day life, like yes, how are you going to live a life where literally. you're uplifting black lives, you're uplifting black women. Literally. So there's one thing I even wanted to talk about. Um, my friend did a dissertation on like black hair in the workplace, oh, right. and um, it was so good, really good. And um, basically about if black women can black no black women with Afro textured hair if they conform to Eurocentric hairstyles in the workplace, basically. That's what the title was. And um, she found from her search engine, even just Google, when you type in professional hair on Google, white hairstyles come up, literally, ponytail straight. When you type in unprofessional hair, you just see black people. That's on a Google search. That's so true. (laughs) A Google search. This just explains to you how deep-rooted the problem is literally even to the fact that our hairstyles are being pleased that's why when we go for an interview we have to think how is our hair gonna look can we wear our fur out can we do we need to do a slick back bun if i'm gonna start with wig i'm this is this is it this is it. This is it. This is it. I'm not gonna, come like, up with yeah. your first day with a full afro. Now, that's what you got to do, you know. You go to an interview with a wig, and then your first day you come up with your full afro because it's oh. too late. I'm here now. Here now. <laughs> here now. Can't do anything about it. I'll like, change it. Naya had a whole. We spoke about it on a podcast where Naya spoke about when you came in to work one day and you changed, and they made a huge scene oh, of it. Embarrassing. Can it's you imagine? What? Where does that stem so from? It stems from stuff like this. That black hair is, do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, there are certain narratives that have been fed to us by the media as well. And I think that's why one one thing we all need to do as individuals in terms of reflecting is to understand the influence of the media on ourselves and understand how much power social media has in, like, creating our own viewpoint. Because a lot of things that we have that we think are our own views are not our own. They're not our own. They're not. Especially that, like unprofessional hair and there's black people. How do we delete that? What the hell? <laughs> what is, How do what? I delete this? 
like how do we change that like that's the problem like do you know what we need more black women in tech this is what i was talking about more black women in fields so things like this don't happen because what the only people that can change these narratives is not even black people it's everyone else you're the people it's everybody else (laughs) you we can't just stop stop calling us strong Sure. Yeah, stop, stop it. it. Take also, it. another narrative that I really don't like is the narrative of being sassy as well. If I had a pal, being what? For every time, sassy or like what? having attitudes. What did sassy, you say? Sassy. Oh, the narrative sassy. of being sassy. Yeah. Oh, God. No, no, no. I'm happy you use sassy because that's the word they use. You're so sassy. <laughs> You're what? so sassy, you know? Like, I love just the when, you give them, when you're giving them like, Sassy. no energy it's sassy if i'm giving you no energy i'm sassy you know like if i'm being blunt to the point i'm sassy yeah it's crazy it's actually it's so bizarre if i had a pound every time someone called me sassy i'd be rich on god oh, on, oh my god me, i don't even know where it came from i think it just came from the also like the angry black woman trope as well 100%, like, 100%. being a narrative attached to black women like black women cannot be passionate we can't yeah. be We can only be angry. You know 100%. what I mean? Even, I remember even at the, in the workplace when I'll be talking about something and like me, I have, a, I have a very naturally loud voice. I don't know how it happens, but I have a naturally loud voice. So my voice would just elevate and she's like, oh my God, like, why are you angry? Like, why are you shouting? It's like, how did you get that from what I'm saying? Like, I'm talking about something that I'm passionate about and you think that I'm angry. It's like, I'm it's actually not. They literally just associate yeah. you being vocal about something as anger. Like, can you, exactly. like, listen to what we're saying? Like, speaking about... Listen something. to the words that are coming out of my mouth. <laughs> Literally. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And from a young age, as we've said time and time again, in school, it's yeah. teachers. Speaking about what you're passionate about and be la- labelled as angry, like, huh? And because we don't have... We didn't have the words to articulate that back then. Exactly. We were labelled that. And that narrative sucks. Exactly. It's so scary because I think when I think back to being in high school, being in primary school, like there were so many things that would happen. And because you wouldn't have the words or the language to articulate why this is problematic, you just have to let it fly. And within you, it kind of builds this. It does. Fire. Anger. It just builds anger and resentment and resentment towards people of authority. Because it's like, how are you being so problematic to me and no one is seeing it as an issue especially and, when it came yeah. to like when you'd get in trouble at school like they get would believe any, even Boy. if you didn't do anything wrong they would believe um, that you did something wrong because you're black Naya, do you know what I mean there, there's no way you example, could be wrong because you're black and you're sassy and you're angry Naya, and you're loud Naya was it not that we I do you not remember the time that I got an isolation and I was like so upset should we get the let, let, let's do the story time because why not we're here <laughs> let's give a story time why not we're right here. so let's basically go. in school we had I had a music yeah and I walked into music and usually I have all my girls with me but I didn't have all my girls and I can't remember what was going on but I was having a really bad day and as soon as I walked into class this mixed race boy was like to me oh Zainab you're so ugly yeah and then I was just like, who was this? I'll tell you after. So I was just like, okay, cool, whatever in it, yeah. Sat down. Um, and then, yeah. 
So then I sat down and I was chilling with like my friends that aren't black, my non-black friends. So this was my Indian, not saying name. I saw my friend Hera and my other friend, was it, it wasn't Nisa. It was and my other friend basically. But it was definitely, I remember being with Hera and Hera was like saying, I'm just ignoring him. Like, do you know what I mean? Like we know that, do you know what I mean? But as a young girl, a young black girl growing up who didn't feel very confident in her looks anyway, obviously this really affected me. So I tried to of ignore course. him. And do you know what I mean? I tried to ignore him and then he said it again. Cool. No. So then like and then I was just like I was we just getting frustrated. So I We have to fight. So I left the class because I was just like I I just sat outside. I just left the class. I sat outside. My teach um the teacher came in and obviously he knows what's going on. And he came outside, a male teacher, a white male teacher came out and I was like to him, like, sir, I really don't feel comfortable going into that class like I feel extremely uncomfortable um because of what he said like what he said about me la, la, la. I told him now and he's like to me well you can either go to the head of key stage three's office or you can sit here outside me Zainab has never met this key stage three office head person I'm, I'm not even mm-hmm. that type of do you know what I mean I don't know who this person is like and it wasn't someone yeah. I felt comfortable with it was a white woman as well so I just thought I was like you know what that is fine I'll sit here I ended up just staying outside for the whole lesson because I just didn't feel comfortable to go inside to the classroom. I think that's even so wild that he gave you the option of leaving the classroom when you were the victim. Exactly. This is part of the problem. That's what we were saying. No, let me even continue because it gets wild. It gets hot. So this is even a an example of the problem. The lesson ends now, and I think because the lessons are changing, one of the dance teachers sees me, and I'm really cool with her. So she's like, Zainab, come into my office. What's up? So I have to explain the situation to her. Obviously, I'm crying because I'm like, I feel upset, la, la, la. And she just like it's calms traumatic. me down. She calms me down and she's just like, you know what? Like, it's fine. Like, you're beautiful. Like, she's trying to build back up my confidence, obviously, because I literally felt like I couldn't walk into the class because someone is repeatedly saying this. I go to my mm. next lesson now and she walks me there. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a little bit late because I've had this conversation with her. And obviously the teachers yeah. explained that it's calm. The other teacher's female. Next thing you know, I'm getting pulled into the head of year's office talking about I've got isolation because I refuse to go into the classroom. Pardon? <sighs> I was like, the teacher knew that I was outside, la, la, la. Long story short now, obviously I then find this out and my next lesson is science with all of my friends. So I'm distraught because I don't, un- I literally am so angry at the fact that I've got in trouble when I haven't done anything. It was like, mm-hmm. I'm literally, this is an example of me feeling like the victim and no, me being the victim and not being, being able victim. to explain what has happened because literally they have just seen me as this strong black woman that this shouldn't have bothered me. But if this, when someone in our class didn't like dissecting a frog, they, they, it was calm for them to leave. When the white girls oh. wanted to sit outside because they had been dealing with anxiety, it was fine. But when Zainab wanted to do it, it was such a problem. Fast forward now, we're in the lesson. My friends see me upset. We obviously have our moment and my two friends get isolation because they were consoling me. Wasn't it me who got isolation? You and Annie, 100%. No, I definitely got was it isolation or detention? I remember, yeah. You, got, you, you and Annie got isolation. It was you Annie's first so... isolation. I remember. I was so, crying so yeah. much. I was like, no, you have to sit outside. Like, Joe crying snot. <laughs> it was serious. Do you know how angry it's and, 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 like, I don't think you guys understood. And I remember, like, 
the feeling of feeling so low and then these teachers have literally punished me and this guy who has done something is nothing is he's not in trouble nothing's happened to him nothing has happened to him my mom was so fuming when i told her my mom was fuming my mom came to the school the next day and everything of course she she came to the school and was like what the hell is this this bullying and harassment la 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 why is she getting an ice like well, how how does my child get isolation and like where's the teacher involved la 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 the school ended up like apologizing and stuff but that's not good enough because you guys still think this way energy that's crazy but this is what we mean about narratives of black women being like strong like you would think because of that narrative is there they would think why would you be upset by that that's not the reason why you got upset you just wanted to sort out the lesson you just didn't want to be in there do you know what I mean? If you why wanted, to, to, like, you why, wanted to be sad. You know what? It doesn't make sense because, like, why would I not want to be in a music lesson? Music was the lesson, bruv. It was lit. Those pianos? Bruv, you music lesson. Long. You know when it's like, even me, I'm always fussy and loud in the classroom. So surely you should take this quietness as something's wrong. Do you know what I mean? Because you label me 100%. as I'm always loud. I'm always talkative. So something has changed and you're what? Like, I don't understand. 100%. That's the thing as well nah. with school. In schools, they were so quick to please black women. and But when it came to white women, you guys were, un- there was compassion. There was, oh, okay, let's see what the problem is. Understanding. Even with Asians, I'm sorry. Sorry. You guys were involved in that. You, there was definitely more compassion for you guys. We were not ever seen as any, like any, we were never seen as 100%. We were never, we were seen, never seen, as seen as kids or victims or anything. We were like always that. seen as we were like, oh. You couldn't walk around in groups larger than six because you look like a gang. I had what? to die. Larger I feel like after that, six. after they did that, we became a gang. Said, it was. It was all the energy you were giving us. We will now accept what you're saying. We will become that. Like we used. I remember who was it? We used to have those valleys, the purple and yellow valleys. Oh, a hundred and twenty percent. We had it. No, you had the yellow and the purple valley. The purple one. I the purple one. And yellow, yeah. Let me tell you, no, no, I'll, I, Niall, I've got the story time, oh, I've got it. So basically, the boys called us frass, basically. The boys said one day that we were frass, and then Mia were like, me and Naya were like frass gangs. So we were like, that's what we're going to be, that's cool. Like, we're going to take oh, that word and make our own. So we called ourselves frass gang, and then we remixed Sneak Bow's um, frass gang. gang. Let gang me show you the way. We literally remixed that, and then because oh, obviously, larger than six, we're like, let's do it then. Let's really do it. Let's we go. That's the energy we gave our school because you guys are calling us this, trying to label us so much. Let's really perform to what you think. Let's give you guys are. a show. And they didn't like it. They didn't show. like it. Everyone else loved it. They didn't like it. They didn't <laughs> like it. They were stressed. Stressed. <laughs> Oh my yeah. god, that school was hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But this is what we mean, like Frasty. how narrative can be embedded into people's psyche and then my name change was Fribs. how. Fribs. Bye. Fribs. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was a trier. If they were like, we would use for it and then add the last bit. Yeah. Of my name. yeah. <laughs> oh my. No, that was so embarrassing. There's one picture what a time that we have Oh my god, we're all putting up all like guns, like peas up or stuff like that. Our peas are up. Stop. 100%. Stop. 100%. Definitely put that on a Blackberry. I definitely put taking it on a Blackberry. Oh, 100%. Oh. 100% of the Blackberry. 100%. My god. We were loving it. Oh my god. 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 Oh my
but no like guys like this is literally examples that we are giving you from ourselves where we have seen time and time again these narratives being put onto us but because we did not have the words to articulate what the actual situation do you know what as well I feel like not in a way that I just wish and this is why I wish we had more black teachers there it is this is why all black teachers end up leaving no, I remember no. they all end they all end up leaving it was weird like, it was be problematic there for a year two years I know you think it's because of that I think it was because of the microaggressions it probably was no 100 percent. if we were getting it we're getting imagine that. the staff were getting it yeah no 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 it must have been terrible it must have been so terrible and that's the thing we were not even able to like ask them or have this sorry conversations where we could even find out how it was for them do you get what I mean like exactly <sighs> oh my god I feel like that should low-key be checked in education in terms of like how racist you are or like microaggressions, <laughs> or like maybe there should be like a diversity and something modular. Yeah, I, I feel I feel I like know. the only way I feel like the only way we can actually see long lasting change is if we if there's like a group that actually goes into schools. Like you know how we have teacher training days. Yeah, that is what they need to be doing. There should be a teacher training day on race and ethnicity and inclusion. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. educating teachers on these things because end of the day, like. Things that we've learned about black feminism isn't wide knowledge. You have to yeah. search for it. And yeah. these teachers, they have never bothered searching for knowledge when it comes to black feminism, queer black feminism, black history in itself. Like, you have to search for it. And so only by embedding things that. like black history, exactly, yeah. even like embedding things like black history and not the whitewashed black history where, yeah, you know, the civil rights movement. I mean, the true and yeah. honest black history of how Caucasian people came to Africa, colonized, raped, brutalized the history of congo the history of king leopold this yeah. the actual real history of black people that's what needs to be studied that's what needs to be understood not this whitewashed version that and make that paints white people as superior like why yeah. am i learning history like the sun never set on the british empire i don't care tell no. me what really happened why is it now that i'm learning about the famine that, that took place under Winston churchill why is it at 23 this is what yeah. i'm learning but i know about henry viii and his six bloody wives why yeah. do i care I don't. I don't. Because to this day, Kennedy VIII has done nothing for me. So learning that did nothing for me. So we yeah. need actual an actual curriculum that genuinely helps people in the real life. Because that's the only way that people can unlearn these racist bias. That is the, that is the only way. Yeah. And that being said, teachers that are already in positions now need to be checking other teachers. Because I remember when I was a member of staff at a school, and I'm not sure I said about this in the podcast before, but one thing that I would always pick up on was the microaggressions of the teachers. It was so bad. Like, it was yeah, so bad. I had this is. one um, student. She was a black girl. I loved her. Loved her. I still love her so much. Um, and the, and the, dep- the deputy head teacher, she was what teacher that I was, the student was what, some, someone that was in my care. The deputy head teacher would always tell me, like, give me, like, a backstory to her, give me some information, la, la, la. So one day I was going on like a walk with the deputy head, just giving her a heads up about, you know, what, what me and her have been discussing, that kind of vibe. And she turned to me and then she said to me, the one thing that we don't, we want to see happen is we don't want her to end up pregnant. This girl is 15. 15. Why would you even say that? Why are you talking about that about to a 15 year old child? She's 15. I don't have to end up gang raped or pregnant. What? Are you saying this about Molly? 
about the are child. They, yes. Are they saying this about? No, no, no. But are they? Saying oh no, this no, about no, 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 no. Of course yeah. not. Of yeah. course, yeah. Not. not. Of course, of course not. not. The way I looked at the thing, like what? I, she, I was so shocked. I didn't even yeah. know. Thing. This is my boss. So I don't even know what to, to say in that position. You're not even to cut you off yet, but. Guys, can we just understand like how Naya's boss felt so comfortable to say that Ain't in terms that. of her as a black woman? As like, guys, this is what is happening, and I'm so sorry, I'm Naya, that you even have to experience exactly. And I'm so sorry that you have to experience that because I know right then and there you would have been morally conflicted in that moment oh, because that is someone so higher than you. But what they're saying is not right, and you can't just sit back and hear that because that's actually not right. So. People, people, even what you're saying, like, this is a reality, and this is probably a reality for many black teachers. Do you know what I mean? So if you are a teacher listening, I would say, like, as much as whoever it is that is saying that is wrong, like, please, 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 if you can, try to stay where you you are, stand your ground, and help those black children, because they need you. Like, they need you. you. They need protection from people like that. And if there is something that you could do, even secretly then i would say try that's what i did that's what i did yeah so when she said that i was just silent because i didn't i didn't want to like oh, i didn't yeah. want to the boat so i was just silent. i said all right all right i said all right that's fine i went to go pick her up from her lesson and i was like all right come on sis let's go like i grabbed her like linked arms with her and i just walked off with her into um to, in, into my office so we sat down or playing cards and i was just speaking to her like about her life just trying to get an understanding of what's been going on and Really and truly, she just wanted to be a child. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? She just, she just wanted to be told positive things about her. Like, I'll literally just look at her like, you are so intelligent. You are so beautiful. Like, everything about you is just amazing. Like, and I was, I watched, she, um, once I left, she messaged me, on, she messaged me privately. And she said to me, you are the first person to ever tell me that I'm smart. You are the wow. first person to ever tell me that I'm capable. You are the only person that ever truly cared about me that you know what I mean and it's like actually it broke broke my heart I cried when I when I I cried my eyes out I cried my eyes out because Because it isn't isn't right exactly like people listening to this this is such a reality of so many young black girls and it's like when you come you're at school so much of the time when you're younger that school is literally your life so it's like when life. people are saying things and when teachers are projecting certain narratives onto you, like you're you naughty, you're loud. That. You do. You believe yeah. that, and it's actually not the case. And it's like it literally takes one person, like Naya, for example, to just bring back that little bit of hope into a young girl's heart. But it's sad because it shouldn't take that. Like teachers I'm shouldn't sure. be that way. Like that. It's and because right. I was like that, I, and because I was like that, I could tell that that the head teacher did not like that. The deputy head did not like that about me. I was very, I was very much always on the student side because I always saw a like to them that the staff was trying to project. Yeah. I didn't quite understand it, so I would speak to the staff. I would speak to them, and I and I'd speak to the student, and I'd be like, "Listen, the teachers already have a conceived idea of who you are." I Listen. was in your position. I tell them, I, you were like me. We were the same person in school. The teachers already have a conceived idea of who you are and what you're going to be like. So Listen. you need to do everything in your power to counter that. Literally. Don't internalize it. Literally. Do not inter- do not let do not let their narrative of you become Literally. who you are. Literally. Do you know what I mean? And it's sad and it took- that happens to a lot of people. It happens to a lot of students. A lot, a lot, a lot of students. And it's just it's just sad. But like that like he said, like this is how narratives of black women 
negatively impact them in all aspects of life from yeah. being a child to being to their adulthood as me and you are speaking here like as adults like yeah. it follows you through all so the way. even within the black community we need to be so mindful of the things that we say of the the compliments the things that we think are compliments that are actually Literally. detrimental to the, to the lives of black women like being um strong being sassy being outspoken all these these sort of some some narratives are very very dangerous to black women so we just yeah. need to be mindful of what we say and of how we describe them so that we don't have a repeat of what History. we went through in school. Do you know what I mean? We don't, we don't, want, to, we don't want that. We don't want that. We want to be changing the cycle. And right now, that's what it's all about. We're all about changing the narrative and uplifting 100%. black women. That's what we need to and be And educating doing. yourself on where these narratives actually stem from. Literally. And as we've said, education at all, it's a continuous thing. It's a process. It doesn't just start and stop here. Because honestly, as, going. as society changes, there are going to be more things that we're aware mm-hmm. of. There are more from more black people, black women even being vocal, we're going to understand more. Do you know what I mean? Like these that we're talking about, as much as they're old, research wise, that I mean it's only very recent. Do you know what I mean? Like it's only now that more people are looking into the narratives of black women and fully understanding how far they go, how detrimental they are. So as yeah. the world continues to grow, as we continue to get older, we're, we're only going to need to educate ourselves. And we need to share this information. So like share this with teachers, share this with doctors. If you know people that work within the police force, you need to be sharing these things with them so that when they're doing their job, they can look within themselves to counter any unbi- any biases that they Check have. Check their bias, yeah. Any stereotypes that they've got. Like, do you know what I mean? This 100% is, this is literally yeah. part of it. Literally. Because we all know someone that does something completely different. Do you know what I mean? So. 100%. So anyway, this is a fun episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm happy, really that we spoke, I'm happy that we spoke about this, though, because I feel like with the, everything that's going on people are saying okay we need to educate but this is actually an, an example of us educating on a topic specifically that mm. can really help change the way you think because that matter, like this is such an important aspect of it literally like, 100% but that was for us go on sorry yeah no would you say? I was just saying that like, you can't be for the movement but not be for us. Hundred percent, hundred ten percent. But that, my friends, was a tea with a slice of shade. Thank you so much for listening. Um, make yeah. sure you follow us on our social media. So on Twitter, we're tea with T W A S O S Pod. Instagram, tea with a slice of shade. My name, Nice Fizzle. Zibs, it's Zibs. It's yeah. been great. It's been lovely. Black Lives Matter now, today, tomorrow, and yesterday. Stay safe. Okay. Stay and we'll see you on the next one. See you guys. Bye. Bye.